So in case you haven't gotten the memo, I'm asking all of us to pray and fast for 15 days. If you haven't started yet, do it for 13 days. Don't say, oh, well, I won't start because I'm late. No, start. Start now, please. Um, we have, if you go to the 15th, I guess you'll do 13 days instead of 15. That's perfectly good. We are not legalistic, and we, uh, we're just happy that you're fasting. But uh, fasting without prayer is not really what you should be doing either. So if you're going to fast, come on, come Tuesday night. Make me uh, smile as, uh, as we come together and we worship and we praise God on a Tuesday evening. Uh, um, yes. So uh, there are a number of examples of prayer and fasting in Scripture. They're all over the place. And we see, for instance, in the, we'll start with the Day of Atonement in Leviticus 23, because uh, there it doesn't say to fast. It just says to afflict your soul. So how many think that fasting is afflicting their soul? Yes? Yes. So, but Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights when he received the Ten Commandments in Exodus 34, 28. King Jehoshaphat called for a fast before going to war, and I believe that we are in a war. And you can try and war in the physical, but I don't think it's going to help you a whole lot. We have to war in the spiritual realm. That's where the work needs to be done. So um, let us be that uh, King Jehoshaphat. We see that in Second Chronicles 20, verse 3. Uh, the people of Nineveh fasted after they realized that they had been sinning in Jonah 3, 5. Uh, I think that was the largest fast, uh, 100,000 people fasting before the Lord. Uh, David fasted when he learned that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in 2 Samuel 1.12. And I believe that he fasted there because he was struggling with God, you know. He didn't want to blame God. He, he just was struggling. And so he fasted to get himself right, I believe, before the Lord. It's not what the scripture says. We don't know why he fasted at this point. But in, in 2 Samuel 12, David fasted. And we see here, uh, this is when his child was so sick, and we know he passed away. And, and so in verse 22, he says, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I thought, who knows, Adonai might be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he has died, why should I fast? David just knew the power of weeping before the Lord and fasting before the Lord. And so he did this in hopes that God would change the judgment. The, but, but he didn't. But you know what? <laughs> I, you've got to love David and his attitude. So, okay, I'm going to stop fasting, but I'm going to go on living here. I'm, I'm going to... Uh, focus on God in a different way now. 
And, and, and so I really just love his attitude in terms of knowing that he deserved what he got in terms of um, judgment, but also knowing that God had a lot of things ahead of him. And, and, and so let's go back into what we're supposed to be doing. And David did that. Nehemiah 1, 3, and 4. The remnant who have survived the captivity there in the province are in great distress and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Upon hearing these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. I prayed and fasted before the God of heaven. I prayed and fasted before the God of heaven. So here again, we see that there's a time of distress. And so prayer and fasting. Hey, maybe we should recommend that for President Trump for his wall. Just just had to throw that in. Uh, Darius, the king of Persia, fasted all night. And I don't think he was a believer. But he was, he, when he put Daniel in the lion's den. And then we see in the New Covenant in Luke 2, 36 through 38, Anna was a prophetess. And she had been, for years and years and years, she had been in the synagogue, in the temple, praying and fasting. And so it says, and coming up at that very instant, she began praising God. Nobody had to announce Yeshua to her. She knew because God had downloaded that information to her because she had been praying and fasting for years. And she knew God's voice and she knew what God was saying in, in Yeshua, within Yeshua. John the Immerser taught his disciples to fast in Mark 2.18. And then, of course, Yeshua in Mar uh, Matthew 4. Yeshua was led by the Ruach into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And I believe the reason he fasted was, first of all, obviously, to come against the enemy, to come against the devil. But more importantly, I believe, he was about to start a ministry. And this ministry needed to be, the foundation of his ministry needed to be prayer and fasting. So when we're about to start something, we pray and fast. And I was kidding Talia yesterday. I said, this is a great time to start the, the teens ministry because we're going to pray for you and we're already fasting. So uh, this, is, this is what God I believe, desires from us. In Acts 13, 2 and 3, when they were serving the Lord and fasting, the Ruach HaKodesh said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then after fasting, praying, and laying hands on them, they sent them off. There again, 
This is where we get our understanding of laying hands, one of the places, of laying hands on people. And as they embark on something new that God has called them to do. Look, we do this even when people leave the congregation. Because this is the biblical pattern. We lay hands on them. We pray. And in this case, they were fasting. And then we see in Acts 14, 23, when they handpicked elders for them in every community and prayed with fasting, they placed them in the care of the Lord in whom they had to trust, had their trust. So we see, again, that, that we can trust God, but before that actual trust goes out, we pray and we fast in relationship to what God wants us to do. We are sacrificial in, in, in that we sacrifice by our fasting. And, and then it is normal. We've done our share. Now the rest is up to the Lord. We trust in him. It's up to him to do the rest. And so when we pray and fast, uh, I, I think that we should have a couple things. Greater time with the Lord. There should be more length of time with God. Especially if we're fasting a meal, then we should take that time that we're fasting that meal and give it to the Lord and spend more time in prayer. And then the intensity of our prayer, I believe, is greater. Now, look, some people in here, I don't know who and I don't know how many, but there's some people in here who don't understand what I'm talking about. And the reason is because you don't have a prayer time. Don't feel guilty. Just start. <laughs> start. Find out what I'm talking about. Our purpose for praying and fasting is to increase our zeal, our excitement for God. That's our, our, one of our major purposes, is to increase excitement, to come in here, and you don't wait for Becca to start playing the piano to get excited. You get excited because you know you're here to meet God and you come in and whether it's through fellowship or prayer or liturgy or whatever it is, we are meeting God at so many levels. So it's got, we, we've got to bring something with us. Look, oftentimes we see miracles of God and, and and that's wonderful, but sometimes the miracles happen and we don't notice them. So for instance, a car might nearly hit you, right? And you can say to the driver of that car, whatever you say in your New Yorkese, <laughs> or you can say, thank you, God, for saving me from a serious accident. You know, you get a job that you have been praying for. The, the glory should be going to God. You find the person that you're going to marry and spend the rest of your time, your life with. The glory goes to God. 
We need to give the glory to God in everything, acknowledge him in everything. During a personal revival, everything is about God. And it can also be about his attributes. I mean, all you have to do is read scripture and you know the attributes of God and, and the fact that he made heaven and earth and the sea and the dry land. And, and you start reciting all those things and you start getting pumped up. You start getting excited. And, and certainly I believe that God wants to touch you personally. For me personally, revival is when my life becomes all about God and my relationship with him. And it's, there's a continuing expectation that he is pouring out his spirit on me and that my focus is continually on him. So what I have to do is I have to push the world aside so I can have more time with the Lord, hence fasting. I have great uh, joy just knowing who he is, but I'm motivated by more. To, I, I want to receive more from him. I want to acknowledge him more, and as a result, I believe he drenches me with the power of his Holy Spirit. So the most important thing for me about revival with God, personally, is that I spend more time with him. So I have this picture in mind. When I was young, prior to marriage, and that was a few years ago since we've been married 48 and a half years, so, um, before I was married, and you know, I enjoyed dating, and when I went on a date, and you kind of never knew quite where things were going to lead and you, you just weren't sure if the person's liking you and you, you feel this pounding in your heart as you anticipate the relationship, you anticipate the gesture, you anticipate everything and, and you're consumed by the date and very little could distract me from the time that I was spending with this girl that I'd be dating. And I picture... Is that the way my relationship is with God? And I would have to say, eh, not quite. Um, you know, there are some times where I, my heart starts pounding, but not enough time. And uh, I, when I say I want God first in my life, uh, it has a look, you know, it looks like something. What does first mean? And it means that other things get pushed aside. And, um, and Revelation 2, 4 and 5 says, But this I have against you, that you have forsaken your first love. Remember then from where you have fallen. Repent and do the deeds you did at first. If not, I'll come and remove your menorah from its place unless you repent. God's threatening to remove our light. And so we have to understand that repentance is a key to revival. Repentance is a key to revival. We have to be cleansed before God. And the way we get cleansed is to say, Lord, I am so sorry. I've blown it. I am truly sorry. And I'm seeking to turn from my ways 
and, and my worldly ways and follow you better. It's only when I'm touched and really excited about God that I feel I can continuously share my faith. You know, sharing your faith, I believe, has to be something real. If I tell you to go out and share your faith, eh, you might, you might not. But if you have revival going on in your spirit, I won't be able to stop you from sharing your faith. You'll be, you'll be sharing your faith all the time. So one of the things that revival does, personal revival, it causes corporate revival because as we start sharing our faith more and more and more, we start seeing people coming to the Lord, and then we get excited about the people coming to the Lord, and they're excited, and everybody's excited, and this is revival. And so we need to get revived personally so we can share our faith with everybody so everybody can hear about Yeshua, their Messiah, and come to know the Lord. There are two things you need, I believe, to share your faith. I mean, there are probably 10 things, but I'm going to mention two. Number one is passion. People need to see that it's real in you. It's not just some academic thing you're speaking about. And the second thing is they're going to need, you're going to need confidence. And you get confidence from knowing scripture. You get confidence from knowing how to talk to people. And so, <laughs> when, when somebody is, when you're talking to somebody about the Lord, what do you think, if they come to know the Lord, what are they going to receive? Now, you probably can't answer that question totally. Aren't you lucky that in your announcements you have a... A, um, an extra page, thank you. And in that extra page, it says 38 things, I, I'll messianize it a little, that happen when you accept Yeshua. Now, I believe very strongly that if you read front and back that page, your heart will start pumping. You will start sensing, whoa, I have all of that. This is exciting. I have eternal life. I have the Holy Spirit. He's given me, he gives me wisdom. He's the sealer of my salvation. I get the fear of the Lord from him. I'm, I, he's a counselor. And on and on and on and on. Uh, look, this guy, whoever I copied from, uh, his name's up there, so I didn't steal it. I just used it. Um, but that's what, you know, the Internet's for, right? 38 things that he says um, happen when you accept Yeshua as your Messiah, and I probably would like to add a few more to what he said. Does anybody not have one of those sheets in their announcements? You can raise your hand, and, and Ron will give you those sheets. So once you get excited... Then we go to the next part, because that's the passion. You're excited. You're ready to speak. You want to speak to everybody, anybody. It doesn't matter. Just keep your hand up. Ron's getting to you. 
So the second thing is confidence. Now, this is where I ask you a serious question. Those of you who were here last week, did you do your homework? How many did some homework? I mean, it wasn't that specific. How many did a little homework? Ooh, okay, three, four, five, six, seven. Great. Um, I, Ron, I think we also, Casey, um, I, I think, is raising her hand. Um, and and uh, Barbara Z. So our homework last week, which is not in your announcements, but is in the foyer, on the table, in the foyer, I gave you this, which is sharing God's word from the Hebrew Bible. And then I gave you a sheet like this, which says share Messiah and uh, talks about the way of the master and talks about scriptures that you can memorize. And if you take these two sheets of paper and know it all, you will be confident. You will be confident. You will know what to say to people. Now, that will not... Actually, there is another thing you need when sharing. And that is you need to have the right words. And I, I, in other words, say it the right way. We're not to be arrogant. We're to be encouraging. And so uh, we can work on that one another time. Let's work on passion and confidence. So for next week, your homework is to come in with passion and have confidence. Lots of confidence. So if I ask you, if I say what Jewish people would say to you when you say, uh, I want to tell you about Yeshua, and they say to you, well, you believe in three gods and I only believe in one, you have an answer for that because they will say that to you or I'll give you the hardest one to answer but I'm not going to give you how to answer it I'm just going to give you the hardest one you can think about it if there is a God why did he allow the Holocaust and if he did that's not a God I want to know so there you go Answer that one for next week. So, sharing our faith, I believe, is a result of this revival that we're seeking after with prayer and fasting. By the way, there will be, you, you should already have a third email, because this is the third day in your emails. And if you're not getting these emails, would you see somebody at the end of service? Because there's a really interesting thing that when you hit unsubscribe to one particular thing, it unsubscribes you forever. It's an eternal unsubscription until you re-subscribe. And we don't have anything to do with that. That's kind of uh, when you send out bulk mail, that's kind of what happens. So if you're not getting our emails and you're not getting my devotional each day, it is because you have unsubscribed.
Don't do that. That's naughty. So I would like to share just briefly a little bit from the flyer uh, from last week about sharing from the Hebrew Scriptures. So if we can see that um, PowerPoint. Number one, all of us have sinned. Ecclesiastes 7.20. The problem with sin number two is it separates us from God and he doesn't hear our voice, Isaiah 59.2. Three, what can we do? We can repent. Look at Isaiah 30.15. And an example of repenting is Psalm 51.11-13. Number four, God forgives us through his love, Isaiah 43.5. Number five, Yeshua is that love. He's the atonement brought He's brought salvation. He is salvation. And I use this scripture a little differently than most people use it. If you have a question about it, ask me later. Number six, Yeshua took our sins upon himself. Read all of Isaiah 53, but especially 53.6. Number seven, God promised Jewish people a new covenant. And one of the things they're going to tell you is, you know, we have the Hebrew scriptures. You have another scripture. And the answer to that is, oh, it must be the one promised in your scriptures. It says there's going to be a new covenant in Jeremiah 31.30, and that must be ours, which should be yours. <laughs> a little passion, a little silliness, but I think the point is clear. And number eight, Jewish people say that you can't name the name of God, and um, yet in Isaiah 12:4, which connects to the 12:2 and 3, but uh, which is great when you put those all together. But it talks about proclaiming God's name. So, when we share our faith, many will come to know Yeshua as their Messiah. The testimony of salvations brings greater unity in the body because you know when there's revival going on and salvations going on, you don't have time to worry about theology. You're too concerned about sharing with people and discipling them and not worrying about our differences. Number three, our culture, our society, our community is influenced by us in a revival. And number four, God receives the glory. So I ask if there's anybody here today who has not accepted Yeshua as Messiah. Because you too can receive those 38 things in your announcement packet by saying, Lord, I am so sorry. I repent of my sins. Lord, I acknowledge Yeshua as my Savior, as my Messiah, who has atoned for those sins and, and, and just washed me clean by your precious blood. And finally, I want to dedicate my life to you, Lord. I thank you and praise you in the name of Yeshua. If anybody said that, certainly for the first time or if you're from the services, I pray that there will be a, a feeling of refreshment, a feeling of uh, developing wholeness in the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. So Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen.